you're listening to Shouting in Place because sometimes you need to shout into the void and know nothing will shout back. I'm your friend and your host, Dustin. And today I'm joined by one of my good friends. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, good friend? Hello, my name is Ali Deitchman. I You can usually hear me on Difficulty Class podcast, but here I am today mm-hmm. in this lovely, lovely space. Yeah. Um, so me and Ali have known each other. I don't even know how long. We we started <laughs> playing Pathfinder together. And I know you because like I've been friends with um like Wiz and uh Trevor and Ike. Because I've been friends mm-hmm. with them for a while and then like you're related to Trevor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, good old yeah. brother in law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and we started been playing Pathfinder for a while. Um and then now and then Pathfinder, then D and D, then Pathfinder again. So mm-hmm. I think uh, it's only, um, I wouldn't say fair, it's only fitting, yeah, that's the word, it's only fitting that we talk about D&D some more, because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. And can I, okay, so, <laughs> before we dive mm-hmm. straight into D&D, I just want to say, because yes. I don't know if I've ever told you this either, but, like, ever since we did started playing Pathfinder together, and even when we played, like, Starfinder together, when we oh, both yeah. agreed that the baby aliens would be called Spabonies, like just <laughs> together, like on the same wavelength. I'm like, this guy, he's, this is a person I'm going to w- really want to play RPGs with forever. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. And then uh, we decided the uh, aliens would be called Zenassiters. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like you, you and me, like our, our humor wavelengths are like right on point along with like all the memes and everything. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. That's like, that's something that's just been like buried in my head. Cause we haven't played Starfinder like at all. And yeah. And it's like, it's hilarious. Cause every now and then Spencer would reference like, cause throughout that entire small short campaign as it was like for yeah. Starfinder, we'd be like, Oh yeah, the space rabbits or spatits. And it's like, we'd like combine words. So every yeah, now just and like... then Spencer would just be like, Oh yeah, these guys. And then just like combine them. <laughs> it's like, good reference to old times, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that became our whole naming convention for the whole thing. For everything. <laughs> like the space race was just a space. Space. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was <laughs> just like ever ever since then. I knew I'm like, oh yeah, Dusty's mm. gonna be just the, the great role player to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I I have really liked our characters' interactions, especially like in our Strahd game. Your your character was a cleric. My character didn't believe in the gods. That's a whole thing, by the way. <laughs> We're not gonna get into it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it it, it was it, like we. I love how we figured it out though, because it's like eventually. Oh yeah, if you don't believe in the gods and D it's kind of like a flat earther because it's not like the gods aren't there they're very much there they have a presence (laughs) yeah so like i had to kind of rework it it was just like okay well and she's not a flat earther but also (laughs) (laughs) i just remember that like spencer's character made a hole and it's like the only person who really can get through it is enchi and i'm like okay enchi i'm gonna i'm gonna just tap you on the shoulder and wish you good luck not totally uh, asking my god to protect you or anything, but just get in there. <laughs> and I go in, there's just a bunch of ghosts that are just like about to wreck my, my face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, it, yeah, you know, it's like, it's it's been fun playing RPGs with you, man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I could easily say the same. And, man, man, jumping into Starfinder again would be really fun. 
right? Like it's been so long, yeah. but I feel like because I think we started playing when like the the first book first just immediately came out. No, yeah, options or anything for it. Yeah, we as soon as like release, we're like, okay, we're jumping in, and then like now there's so many different things available for it. Mm-hmm. And I guess mm-hmm. that was one reason why I did enjoy Starfinder because it was like super. It it reminded me of uh star wars the rpg where it was like super easy Mm -hmm. and simple where it's like hey if you're choosing this character that's your character there you go have fun yeah (laughs) it's like the fact that oh yeah this is your starting health and there you go you don't have to do Mm -hmm. any more math enjoy (laughs) i'm like wow pathfinder thank you (laughs) yeah and now it's like i I haven't really looked at the most recent stuff i just know there's a lot of options but they're very much into how pathfinder is where like Mm -hmm. you got options you got ways to play yeah. And so I'm like, I'm, I want to go back in there because I mean, I, I love me some space RPG, but <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the, the, the play style of Pathfinder too. Just the simplicity yeah. of the three action rule. There's a mm-hmm. lot of complicated bits in between, but mm-hmm. in the end, it's still simple, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I really like how Pathfinder two definitely seems to be a bit more streamlined um mm-hmm. as far as pathfinder goes um, yeah but it's it's been good like you said there is a lot of different there the three action economy is great and there's all this other stuff in between that if you're kind of just glancing at it you may get lost in the maze um oh god yeah i mean like there's but, there's like if you think skill trees and video games are confusing mm-hmm. who oh, um <laughs> yeah uh, it gets rough <laughs> Yeah, I'm very glad that for my main character, there's an app on uh, Android for Pathfinder 2, but I have a, I'm using a secondary character that's an Oracle, and the Oracle is not on the main website yet because it's a playtest. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having to do that part by paper, and that one is just like, oh man, what what can I get? I don't know, times? And so half it's... your life is easy, <laughs> and the yeah, other half is yes, most exactly. <laughs> The yin and the yang. <laughs> Oh man, and like, I I really enjoy playing Pathfinder, and I oh my god, huge like Wiz is just doing such a good job mm-hmm. with it, <laughs> and like the fact that every I love how every time we finish, she's like, "Did you like that?" And we're like, "Yeah." She's like, "Great," because I did that whole thing, and we're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, really good. <laughs> I know, she, I know, uh, you had her on your podcast, but um, she's essentially transcribing a campaign that's made for Pathfinder First Edition to second mm-hmm. edition primarily like by herself and like uh her boyfriend uh ike who's like we all know he's been helping her as well but only in the sense like trying to help without knowing the story because he's a player in it so he can only <laughs> do so much mm-hmm. like so i've tried to do that with my boyfriend spencer where i'm like mm-hmm. hey listen i don't know where to go with this next like step and i try to bring him behind the curtain a bit but then eventually it boiled down to him telling me listen you can't do this anymore because i know too much <laughs> <laughs> you give me too much power <laughs> yeah and like there there is that moment though where you kind of realize um like no matter how much you try to keep player knowledge out it will seep through like uh, mm-hmm. for example spencer's char- character roland in the D game i run it's like he's a very much puzzle oriented guy and he's very much a leader type character but for the entire like first year we were playing his character was really like on the back burner letting other people choose what to do and afterwards like 
we kind of both had this realization that he was doing that because he already knew what was going to happen. And so he wanted the others to get there without him, like just showing them the way. I see. I I see. Ah, so that's a, that's a great reason for me to stop asking you questions about what I should do. (laughs) And like, he could actually like focus on how to play the character. Like he, because like, I've heard, I've heard your stories from uh, when you do your normal recordings. Like, how's your games going? I could definitely see Roland's character like taking charge. Hmm. Oh yeah. Like, um, yesterday we actually record. We we did a session. It's been like the first time in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like so nice because we're finally getting into the thick of uh, his character's backstory. Well, not necessarily backstory, Ooh. but his uh-huh. story, because. <laughs> His morning story happened, it occurred in the middle of the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, it boils down to I put fourth edition into fifth edition, and now they're spell plagued. Um, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I rolled the dice. I'm like, it's like, you know, the classic 5% chance of one of mm-hmm. them getting sick. We'll, we'll find out who it is. And I rolled, and of course, of all people, it was my lovely boyfriend. <laughs> So that yeah. one I did pull him aside because that was after we talked about not like going player knowledge into things. I'm like, I pulled him and so I'm like, hey, listen, you're technically spell plagued right now. I I got to ask if you're OK with this because this is like a huge character changing thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be fair. Mm-hmm. But we, for our group, we all know there's a thing about 5% chances, though. <laughs> it's just a 5% chance. I'll just exactly. roll it just for fun. It's not going to happen, but 5% yeah. chance. And three session side quests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's like Spencer, my favorite thing to just say at the table, just quietly, like, it's like if 5% just five percent chance. <laughs> and I love it because it can also apply to like critical fails or critical succeeds too. Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. it's like, oh well, you can only do this if you critically succeed. Five percent chance. <laughs> you might yeah. as well try. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um. Yeah, speaking of so, um, right now you're you're playing a game and you're doing that via like Discord or Skype or something, or do you play like with uh? So you have roommates, right? You play with them. Yeah. So currently, I've got three campaigns going uh, in my life. So that mm-hmm. well, if you well D and D, I'll be specific. Three D and D campaigns going on. Ah, I see. I see. Um, that is one purely with the roommates. I got the very fortunate position of living with three other people during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. So, and the even more wonderful position of all of them like D and D. So nice. we basically were like, let's just let's just do our let's just do our own game. And mm-hmm. um, a long time ago, I wanted to do an archipelago campaign where essentially I set mm-hmm. up this just open seas you get a ship and you do what you want to do. And uh, the, yeah, the sky yeah. is the limit literally because there's earth moats above <laughs> and you can eventually get an airship kind of thing. That's so cool. And uh, then I got, I was doing school then and it was like, I was already running another campaign and it was just a lot of work for me. And I'm like, I can't do this. And then literally two years after that ghost of salt marsh came out. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's possible again. Like, half the work I was doing is now already done for me. Yeah. And then 
during this uh, quarantine, we actually decided like, you know what, fuck it, let's just go for it. So mm -hmm. I set up everything. I posted the map on Twitter and it got a really nice response. So it gave me the confidence to go full steam ahead. Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> seeing that what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And like, even now I'm talking like on my laptop, I have <laughs> sticky notes of just practicing <laughs> how to draw mountains and which one I like the most. <laughs> nice. That's, that's super and awesome. Yeah, so so that's one campaign. They just got their boat, and they're very excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, the other one I am a player in, in uh, my buddy Marcos's game. He mm -hmm. told us, like, Marcos and I are very much on the same wavelength of, we like boat campaigns. And so he, he pitched us nice. that campaign of, like, yeah, you guys are going to be from an island that's totally secluded from literally everything because of magic. And you finally... Uh, had a boat built that can go beyond the the, the cove kind of like a la moana situation where it's like mm -hmm. oh don't go beyond but we were able to finally and and then uh <laughs> in that first session we're like oh cool so we left and then all of a sudden we realize oh we're we're in wild mount <laughs> that's that's a surprise yeah we had no idea and so like for me, I, I mean, personally, I don't listen to Critical Role, but there's there's a lot to unpack mm -hmm. in there if we want to get into it in a bit. But um, mm -hmm. and so all of this wild mount is completely new to me. And so it's just like it didn't matter if it was an already established campaign or not. I would have no mm -hmm. idea going into it. Yeah. But yeah, at the yeah. same time, for like Spencer and Taylor, who are the other players, it's like they're really enjoying it because they're like, oh, I know where this place is. So it's like. So we got both we got both sides of the coin there when it comes to that yeah. campaign and it's it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> we nice. that one we stream. Um so basically mm -hmm. we just do it we we call in to Marcos on Discord and he sets up everything on his end and uh which has been really nice <laughs> cuz mm -hmm. minimal setup possible that's like the easiest game for me to play. Yeah, right. And then um, the third one I do is my weekly campaign, which is, I, I call it the Neverwinter campaign. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. On the podcast, that's the one I'm usually referencing when it comes to like, how are your games this week? Because like I said, weekly. Yeah, um, yeah. That one's a little more complicated because it, like on my end, because of, um, and it wasn't because of the quarantine before, but we had a player move to a different state. So we already kind of had this setup happening, but like my setup takes up half the table <laughs> oh. Oh my. because yeah, uh, I'm not a streamlined person and I also can't do stuff digitally when it comes to D and D. So like, I can't handle D and D beyond for the life of me. Um, That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the only thing I can do digital is like the spell app on my phone, which mm -hmm. yeah, that that's about it. But um, so it's like, I have my laptop the mouse pad for the laptop because i'm not near the laptop because it needs to be next to the tv so my players can see the tv who are on the couch <laughs> and for me to dual screen my laptop and then i have my actual dm screen with two notebooks my dice oh. my dice tray and then about five or so sticky notepads of varying colors and then <laughs> on the floor next to me i have about six books i have a whiteboard and on the table is about like three jars full of various uh, pens and pencils and markers. <laughs> you have a whole setup and you know exactly where everything is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so it took a lot to get to that point, but I finally, uh, funny enough, during the quarantine, got it, got it down to a point. Mm -hmm. um, 
And like three or four years ago, Marcos, who I mentioned earlier, he got mm -hmm. the entire group tabletop simulator, which okay. is yeah, yeah. like a 3D version of ta of t um, Roll20, essentially. Oh, okay. <laughs> or tabletop sim. So it's, yeah, yeah, so tabletop sim is like, it's, it's a really nice um, tool to use if you have it. <laughs> <laughs> if you okay. don't have it then you don't need it but um mm -hmm. like marcos also set me up with like an extension where i can load in literally every figure in the monster manual so it's like oh you're fighting oh. a beholder and i just load in a beholder in the in the map and it's there that's that's pretty cool though yeah and it's been super helpful in portraying just like because we tried fear the mind man i kind of we, uh -huh. we really tried <laughs> and it just I wasn't working <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. It it's it's not for everyone. Like for some people, like I think y'all had a whole episode about it about having tabletop versus theater of the mind. But it's mm -hmm. definitely um I played with um both styles like uh play. Like I have a current campaign via um some of my old coworkers via Discord. And so a lot of it is theater of the mind when we were starting. Um but we got into combat way earlier than IGM expected because you know you know we're there's a minotaur in our party so that, <laughs> there goes that um, yep. and so we started with theater of the mind and then it took the other some of the players a bit to get used to it for me I'm really used to theater of the mind probably because when I first started getting super into like D and D and RPGs I blasted through the whole thing of the Adventure Zone which is the a D and D podcast. And that's oh, yeah. it's a podcast, so it's all theater of the mind. So for me, uh, I think going through that was just super easy to get into that headspace. Um, mm -hmm. So, and same oh, yeah. thing like with the light. I not recently, of course, but I ran groups for a library game, and so I go in between a lot of it. At first, was theater of the mind, but I did notice because I'm going from playing with kids anywhere from ten to seventeen, and some of them like weren't super into it and then eventually i started bringing like i got like uh i made a grid like a, i just taped a bunch of pieces of paper together and i made a oh, whole nice. grid for uh people to play on and i definitely noticed uh a lot of the kids actually were way more into it and so it's yeah it's, it's kind of amazing how how yeah. big a difference that makes for kids like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's just like some straight up advice um that I, I would give to parents like if you find your kids really struggling to get into this game that you love uh just give them a little mini and be like this is your dude and yeah. just print out a small like eight and a half by 11 grid and you'll be fine mm -hmm. and they'll really enjoy it and be able to like visualize it better yeah, like I, I even I went to Walmart and bought a three dollar tub of like plastic dinosaurs, and yes. had them fight little <laughs> dinosaurs. And like I used the trees and made like a little play field, um, on like the it was like four pieces piece of paper taped together. I made a little play field out of that, and I remember just seeing the kids like, "Are we fighting dinosaurs?" It's like, like yeah, <laughs> and so that, I remember that that specifically, and then from then on, I tried really hard to like make this whole thing because I'm used to theater of mind, but when you're playing with other people that aren't, um, sometimes you just gotta work with it, and then that's not a bad thing at all. It's just mm -hmm. you know getting people to play different styles, is, and then once you get playing, it's fun in the end, anyways. Oh yeah, like uh. 
I mentioned this all in the podcast, but there are so many benefits to both sides of the coin, like uh, getting people to easier visualize the battlefield or if there's like, a ton of numbers just out there. Like, okay, there's like four bowmen, there's two people with shields up front, there's uh, 50 people 100 feet away from you, and all of a sudden your spellcaster's like, I don't know where the fuck I am, and you're like, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> and so you're... it's like, that's where battle map is helpful. Yeah. But, like, the way that Theory of the Mind can be super awesome is it doesn't feel as restricting. So, like... Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, this spellcaster is like, oh, I'm totally up on the roof there, and I'm going to cast a fireball right where all the bad guys are and just cause this huge explosion in front of my fighters. So when the when the fire settles, the fighter just looks really badass in front of the explosion. And like yeah, it invites yeah. these really cinematic moments that you mm-hmm. usually can't get out of like using a battle mat. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess that's why I enjoy using and painting minis like, to hell and back because yeah. <laughs> it helps lend to the cinematic feel versus just like little pogs on a board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for my players, I have I have a huge collection of like D six of different colors. So mm-hmm. like right now they're using that. But one kid actually brought in his mini, um, and it's like, oh, this is me. And like, and the kid's like, yo, like yeah, I use this really <laughs> cool sword I have and attack the table. It's attacking us mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, yeah. I've had kids come in with, like, <laughs> one of my favorite things was a kid came in with a Lego uh, skull head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it had, like, a little sword, like, sticking out the head the head piece. And I'm like, dude, what is this? He's like, this is my character. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. All right. I could see it. <laughs> and it was like, it just, if, if they bring in something that's theirs, it makes them that much more happier. And... It also helps them just kind of lend to the idea of the imagination too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I so I think we could both agree that D and D is really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have Have you? Uh, so during quarantine, has it been has it been easier or more difficult for you to get games going or to start playing games with people? Um, easier for certain groups more than others mm-hmm. um like for example the group where marcos is dming that one was a little bit easier because no one was working and our only mm-hmm. restriction was like oh like i can't do mornings because we have a puppy and we need to train her in the morning <laughs> and that was like the only restriction to time and meeting up um but like for my wednesday group it's gotten a little bit more difficult because um we used to have uh, two people come in who weren't in the house and then one person used discord to just kind of Skype in, so to speak. And then now I find myself texting like three days before, Hey guys, reminder Wednesday. And then like mm-hmm. one day before everyone good. And then like one person responds and it's the person I live with. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then day of I text like three hours before. So we're good to play. Right. And then like, then they answer or they don't answer and all of a sudden they show up an hour late and I'm like, Oh guys, (laughs) but it's like, there's, it's, it's difficult because with the quarantine situation, people didn't really have a set schedule. And so, Mm -hmm. um, they were more like, I wouldn't say like willy nilly about their life, but it's more like they were able to stay up late and they end up like 
waking up when we would be starting or like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sleeping through when we would actually be starting or mm-hmm. just straight up busy and didn't say anything because what is a day in quarantine yeah. yeah time is a flat circle immeasurable by anything yeah it's it's bear me jeremy man it doesn't mean anything <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i i get it i mean like probably the the most difficult part about quarantine and D is been shifting from the face-to-face D to mm-hmm. over the computer D because our group like every group i'm in <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. um is very role play heavy yeah and yeah. going from face to face to over the computer has drastically changed that whether it be like the energy levels from each other or the ability to respond like in time <laughs> to someone who said something and it doesn't feel natural it feels it and this is a slight dunk, but it feels like like Saturday Night Live reading from cards while looking <laughs> off camera slightly. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, Where like the cadence I, is just off. <laughs> yeah, I I know. Um, for the current Pathfinder game that we're both in, it's 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 taking some time to get used to. Um, because for me, like I I really enjoy doing roleplay stuff as well, but doing it over a computer, it's not like. I'm not able to react as well as you would be in person. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Spencer's really feeling it because like he set out with this character to be like very charismatic and handsome and has a French accent. And he's mm-hmm. sadly like, he's told me he's like, I've lost all that by the time that we're at this point in our game, because just going over the computer, like in person was tough enough, but doing it over the computer is really, really difficult for him. Yeah. Which which is understandable. It's this whole thing. Like my my character, one of my main characters. She's very, uh, how how do I put it? She's very quick tempered. I would say. Yeah. Her her thing is to punch, and so I do that a lot. Easy to anger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that one's not as bad, but like with um my other character, who I'm still trying to get used to it because she had like she had some shit happen. And so, yeah, she, she's a, tr- a little trauma laden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get in that character's mindset, but it's hard to do just because I haven't had like a good time to actually do the role play with that character. And for not, me, yeah, doing that I mean, like not to least. mention you're playing two characters at the same time, which is like whiplash going from one character to another so fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like, uh this 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 happens okay you know we'll get there mm-hmm. yeah i mean like that's a great point like because i as soon as you said that i realized like man i don't think i've ever my character has ever personally interacted with um it's with elizabeth and i'm like oh mm. wow yeah that's that's a thing <laughs> yeah yeah just because it's been like all over the place mm-hmm. which which is nothing to talk about like how the campaign the campaign is going really it's going well as well as that kind of campaign can be, I should say. Yeah. Um, The the, the major downside is that this campaign has a lot of like intrigue uh, along with its role play. And sadly going over the computer, I feel like a little bit of is lost simply because we don't have that face to face, like interaction we we used to have available. Mm -hmm. But I think the more that we're getting used to it, the better it will be. Um, I still 
uh, just excited for when we actually can all meet up safely eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, um, we're, we're chatting in, in all my groups. We're like, when do we think we want to even try? And like, <laughs> even today, governor put up an emergency like, hey, mandatory, everyone has to wear masks now. And yeah. side note, yeah. thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like just last week, every business was so gung ho about opening up. And it's like, uh, you know, let's personally, like my boyfriend and I were like, let's give it at least this month to see where things are at in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Because like so. it only took Florida like what a week before they're all like yeah let's let's uh shut things down again. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. yeah. Nevertheless, I'm I'm very excited for when that time does come because it's the 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 vibe the vibe of the the campaigns will shift and I just know that it's gonna be wild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we just have to say like having these games to play, like even having a chance to still play them is still really great, especially right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they do really, that's a big thing about like Pathfinder D and D, like these type of role-play games, they provide a really good um, thing for escapism and really good thing to yeah. like, create this really cool story with your friends. And so having oh, ways yeah. to do it, even when we're apart has been really nice during this time. Mm-hmm. like I've, I've always been a huge proponent for like that concept of escapism and and playing the hero you know in the story and and just totally being able to <laughs> just separate yourself there for a bit or even if you don't separate yourself if you play yourself in D form and you're able to do things that you never could it's like oh yeah no we own a house in our D game it's pretty cool yeah yeah oh man <laughs> <laughs> Low key, that's uh, that's that's one of the storylines happening in my game right now. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, it's it's mm-hmm. it's nice to go into that escapism mode, and it's definitely been something like um, Taylor, my roommate. She's been saying like, I really, really want to play D and D, and that's why doing the roommate campaign has been such like a relief because it's like, well, none of us are busy tonight, so let's just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for. So people that do want to play right now and haven't like figured out how, what will be a couple things that you should say like, hey, try this. This may work for your group of people. Maybe you can start playing because if you're waiting, who knows how long you could wait to play with your friends, and that way you can just get started again. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely recommend every free outlet you have first before you go all in. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I wouldn't get the legendary bundle on D and D beyond right out the bat. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money on tabletop simulator. Um, all you need to play and to DM really is the monster manual and the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. So once you got those either digitally or from your bookstore online web service of choice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm try discord try um skype any kind of way for you to get like visual on your players and you don't need to necessarily have like an online rolling service you don't need digital dice uh your friends don't even need dice you can download Mm -hmm. a dice app on your phone and turn up the volume and and put it up to the mic and be like look guys i'm rolling (laughs) yeah there we go (laughs) and you just need to the 
the character sheets are free and once someone has a player's handbook you could ask that person all you like like how do i build this you know it's like mm -hmm. start there just two books and a group willing to play and if you realize like man this really isn't working for us you know it's like then that's where i would go to um like free online services like uh mm -hmm. roll 20 and such like that yeah but i i gotta tell you man like even if you're brand new at DMing, uh, just taking a picture of a map in an adventure book is so much easier to like show your players like, okay, you guys are here. Just take a picture of your finger pointing at a part in the map, send it mass text or in the Discord mm -hmm. chat. And you guys are here. Everyone will know what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a great that's starting a point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's I, I I recommend that because like especially after doing this for a while it's uh, you can get really bogged down with like oh I need to do all these things I need to do this uh, good lord if you're new to DMing run an adventure mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> don't don't try to homebrew your own world just yet get used to the rules get your players used to the rules and mm -hmm. uh, then 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 dive into building your own world you know yeah let me tell you from experience. Definitely run an adventure first. <laughs> yeah, because my homebrew world, I I did we did a very short run of a world that I did, and I was just not prepared for that at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. like that's fair. Like world building is super tough if you've never done it before, um, especially if you don't understand like world building in this sort of media too, because you're not the only writer in this game. Um, mm -hmm. you and your friends are the writers and the people who consume this media all at the same time. <laughs> mm -hmm. So like, just because you're the DM doesn't mean that you're the, the sole person working on this world, you know? Yeah, exactly. Which during this, I've had a lot of time to work on specific worlds. So I'm excited about that personally, because D&D has been a great outlet for me to write and make all these fantasy adventures and like, um, I made all these magic items that I'm putting out through all my different stories. And it's been, Oh my God. Yes. I love really it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I will agree with you. Ali. like, just, I would say the same thing for like, we hear all the time for like doing X or Y, just like, just do it. Just like get your friends together, open it up. And if it doesn't work, you can try something else. If it does, then, Hey, you're playing D and D and that's yeah. great. And if you're missing a lot of rules, if someone realizes, wait, I can't do this, or I'm a wizard and I don't have Eldritch Blast, it doesn't matter. You know, it's like, if you guys are having fun, that's, yeah. and you're all agreeing to have fun together, then that's all that really matters in the end. Like, like yeah. that, that's a little fun fact about me. I played a wizard for oh, an entire year straight and didn't realize that she wasn't supposed to have Eldritch Blast until <laughs> months ago. That's <laughs> so good, though. Yeah, and so it's like, but none of us really cared in the end because we all had fun. Like she was a necromancer. Yeah. I I raised dead a, a giant. I'm not supposed to do that. They're only supposed to be medium humanoids. We but, didn't really remember that detail, but it was fun. Okay. <laughs> that's that's when I'm ever when I ever introduce someone new to the game or when I have like the library games. I always say the first role in D and D is always just have fun. And so oh, yeah. I. I think that should be really taken in because if you want to get really down to the rules and your party likes that, great. If not, if you just want to be like, I want to be a wizard, 
but I also want to have a giant sword. Mm-hmm. Do it, you know. And oh yeah. As long as people have fun and the story is good, then do it. Even if the story is atrociously bad, you could still have fun with it. I mean, like Shark Tornado is a thing, you know. <laughs> it's like you can have fun with a really bad story. You can go all out wacky with it and it's, still have a good time. <laughs> it's true. I do love the room, so there's that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's, it, that's that's just like the beautiful thing about D and D is that you you get together with your friends just to have fun and like that that's the beautiful thing about fifth edition specifically is that you can sit there and be like rules be damned yes you do this thing <laughs> because it's fun and cool and no one's lesser for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're thinking about playing D and D. Definitely try those things out. See where it goes. Um, yeah. I think this is a good part. Uh, we're going to... Let's take a break. We're going to transition to uh, some different subjects of talking, subject of speaking, you know. And we'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, welcome back. So this section of the podcast is um, us uh, giving a spotlight to some really good organizations and good charities that are really helping out the world. Um, because I always say this podcast is to help people get uh, like a distraction, uh, maybe get away from that stuff. But some stuff we just we can't ignore. Um, and so I always want to talk about some good things that are helping fight against the shitty things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Ali, you brought a really cool organization. Why don't you go ahead and talk about uh, Assistance League? Yeah. So, Assistance League is um, a San Diego charity, essentially. Um, pretty much their whole entire thing is that they have volunteers going out into the community, uh, helping mostly kids throughout San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um just helping them tutoring them one-on-one how to read um just reading them stories in general uh they help clothe kids they give kids uh uniforms for schools that they can't afford um i think it was like more than three hundred thousand kids like annually they help um get in uniforms for schools that's super awesome yeah and um they donate books uh they take book donations and they give it to kids in uh, low income areas. That way they actually have books that you would never like imagine growing up without. Like these kids mm-hmm. don't have access to like fun books like um, Eric Carl, you know, it's, it's so mm-hmm. these guys give them a chance to actually have that kind of childhood. And so I've worked with them personally through my work at the bookstore and mm-hmm. they're super nice. They're mostly a bunch of, um, retired lovely people who have more than enough time and they choose it to use their time to go help out kids and that's, that's yeah super it's awesome. yeah and and working with them they were just like the sweetest people and they're really intent on on helping who they can and it's if you have a chance definitely uh help them out and they they do a lot of fundraisers during the holiday season especially but they're always taking on volunteers and such if you can help 
Yeah, yeah. Like, and going through just like for the, the part of like Greater San Diego, like they have right here from 2018 and 2019, they have given like 500, almost like almost $600,000 back to the community, like with all these books, so they're able to get these uniforms out and all that stuff. And that's, yeah. that's really awesome. And it looks like they have chapters in like all over the country. Mm hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I've only worked with San Diego personally, but uh, yeah. yeah, they they are they are really a good organization and um, nothing but goodwill and intent towards the kids that really need it. And mm-hmm. the fact that they work with them, like mostly one on one, like if you talk to a volunteer, they have like a kid that they help out. And that's something that you can't really get in public schools in San Diego because they're yeah. always so full. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you and I can pretty much attest to, it's like, oh yeah, 30 kids in, in one, in one classroom at age five. Right. It's like, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Growing up in a, like my middle school had like 4,000 kids in it, which is just astounding. Oh yeah. For a middle school too. It's, yeah. it's wild. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Definitely. like, I th- yeah. think they even have, um, oh yeah, it's, it's a uh, Sandy bears, <laughs> Sandy bears. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. They, they, uh, purchase and deliver through their charity, like to like, um, community partners for kids in distress. So that way mm-hmm. they can help out kids throughout the entirety of San Diego, just get a little bit of warmth in their life if they're really having a hard time and they go out of their way to help kids. And I, I just, I can't. I can't emphasize how much I love them that much. <laughs> That's a good cause if I ever heard one. So mm-hmm. um, def- definitely check them out. I'll be putting their uh, link again in both the description and on the Twitter for this podcast. So you can check them out. Um, if you could donate anything or even like they have a little thrift shop that looks like you could shop online um, and it helps them out. And so they oh, have yeah. that for San Diego and there's, it looks like they have chapters all over the country. You may be able to help to find a local chapter as well and help them out. Um, going off of that, I'm going to talk about, I found this uh, organization called I Need Diverse Games, um, which is a website that does exactly that. They um, help games become not just I mean, how, so a lot of games have essentially a white guy on the cover. This this company is trying to help change that because um, having video games, which can be super impactful to everyone, like I've been playing video games since I was a kid. And um, let me tell you, anytime I, a game had a Mexican character in it, that ends to become, I play that all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I mean, like. Mm-hmm. it's it's wild how like I, I work in a bookstore and just the concept of representation even just on the cover is so mind-blowing yeah. for kids that have like hardly ever had it a kid mm-hmm. like the classic case right of kid coming up to me like i'm looking for uh marvel books i'm like oh yeah who's your favorite superhero he's like spider-man and i say which one mm-hmm. he's like what do you mean spider-man and i'm like well have you and i, I show him miles morales and he's like yeah blown away and he's just like i'm talking to him about it and he loves the idea of miles and who he is and he's just like 
this is and he I, it's it's that heart feeling moment of him just running like showing his parents being like look <laughs> mm-hmm. like can you believe this and it's it's so important to have that and yeah i, I can get behind this. this is great <laughs> yeah like actually um talking about spider-man they just did, uh, recently sony did a thing for the new spider-man game which you star like you star but you play as miles morales and mm-hmm. for me that's just insane like he's he is a black latino and he's starring in a multi-million dollar franchise in the game that's just like i lost i lost my mind because i freaking playing like one of the most popular superheroes in the world (laughs) spider-man is amazing and like like uh when into the spider-verse came out that instantly became a favorite because they did like having again like a character like that be on such a big screen is so awesome um mm-hmm. and so that that's what this company does they do that they even do things where they talk to game devs talk to big gaming conventions and big developers and be like hey we need to change this they talk about things where people who don't have the chance to voice like hey we need not another white male discover like make this like latino make this um someone from uh the middle east make this someone that's chinese or japanese and do it like respectfully and that's just like we need more of that because uh growing up if i saw more games with people that look like me on the cover i would be buying way more games growing up (laughs) oh yeah i mean like it's only like beneficial to companies to consider this op like this option it's 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 just they're losing out on so much on just only sticking to one route So, so if you have a chance, definitely I'm going to put their website, check them out. They have ways to donate to help like push these initiatives and they have other ways where like, if you share it, they like ways that could help um, companies and things see because representation in games is really important. And even like for other games, like for, we were, we just spent like a long time talking about D and D. I make it a point in all my games. All my characters are Mexican. There's no Mexico in D&D. There's no Mexico in Pathfinder. That doesn't stop me because it's still really cool having this character that is has the same traditions as me, you know, punches on oh, me yeah. in the face. <laughs> 100%. And, like, that's, that's kind of the beauty about a lot of TTRPGs where it's like you can make this world however you like it. And, and that's, that's a beautiful way to like just claim your space, right? It's like, no, this is, this is what's going on. This is, I'm not going to let the white dude on the cover stop me from living my life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely, definitely check out both these organizations. Um, if you can donate or if you have the means to set like a monthly donation and anything, a dollar, five dollars, anything helps. Now, these are mostly like nonprofits. They run off donations and run off uh, people helping them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, now that we're, you know, we talked about that, we're going to transition to the final part, which is a uh, shouting into the void. Um, so <laughs> I have a screaming jar. Ali, you have a screaming pillow. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a really beat up pillow that looks like Chewbacca. <laughs> nice, very on brand. Yeah, <laughs> um, very very screaming, you know. <laughs> so for um, if you haven't listened before, um, I I've always said that for me, shouting and screaming is very cathartic. 
um, it's a very good way to release pent up stress, I feel. And so um, if you have the means, if you have a shouting jar, like I have a jar I use specifically for shouting now, um, <laughs> go ahead and grab it. <laughs> and I would definitely recommend join us if you can. And so I'm going to take a little scooch away from the mic really quick. Oh, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> we'll do a, a one, two, three, and then scream. And yeah, uh, about ready. Yeah, I think so. As ready as I'll be. All right. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, that felt good. <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. And every, every time we record this, that feels really good. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, what also feels good is that little laugh afterwards of just, I feel silly, but it, you know what? It, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, every time I do this, I always feel a little bit better after this because. Yeah. Man, I'm smiling. That's that's a that's a good thing right there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Um, so, before we leave, uh, Ali, where can people find you? Where can people find all your really cool work? Oh yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'm I'm on a wonderful podcast called Difficulty Class. Um, mm-hmm. You could totally follow us on Twitter, where we're probably the most active. It's at Difficulty Class, and then on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. Um, yeah. Aside from that, I'm just on Twitter, you know, doing my thing personally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, Alleybug three two one. I'm sure at some point Dusty will link that somewhere, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the thingies. Um, yeah. If if you really enjoyed this D and D talk, definitely check out Difficulty Class. Um, there's a lot more of it. Uh, you can hear and, me ramble on and on and on. <laughs> yeah, and then you, you were doing it with Trevor, and, and Trevor was on a couple episodes ago. And mm-hmm. uh, I will say, it may be because you were y'all are related, but you have really great chemistry. So it's really always a joy to listen to. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. um, so definitely check those out. Give them a follow. Give their podcast a listen. Um, again, can't stress enough. Check out the organizations that we talk about because anything helps. Anything that could help make a shitty world less shitty is always good, in my opinion. Definitely. Uh, so for now, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you next time.